Deuteronomy chapter 16. Observe the month of Abib, and keep the Passover to Yahweh your God. For in the month of Abib, Yahweh your God brought you out of Egypt by night. You shall sacrifice the Passover to Yahweh your God of the flock and the herd in the place which Yahweh shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. You shall eat unleavened bread with it seven days, even the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day when you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. No yeast shall be seen with you in all your borders seven days. Neither shall any of the meat, which you shall sacrifice the first day at evening, remain all night until the morning. You may not sacrifice the Passover within any of your gates, which Yahweh your God gives you. But at the place which Yahweh your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell in, there you shall sacrifice the Passover at evening, at the going down of the sun, at the season that you came out of Egypt, you shall roast and eat it in the place which Yahweh your God chooses. In the morning you shall return to your tents. Six days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly to Yahweh your God. You shall do no work. You shall count for yourselves seven weeks. From the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain, you shall begin to count seven weeks. You shall keep the feast of weeks to Yahweh your God, with a tribute of a freewill offering of your hand, which you shall give according to how Yahweh your God blesses you. You shall rejoice before Yahweh your God, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite who is within your gates, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow who are among you, in the place which Yahweh your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, you shall observe and do these statutes. You shall keep the feast of booths seven days. After you have gathered in from your threshing floor and from your winepress, you shall rejoice in your feast, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates. You shall keep a feast to Yahweh your God seven days in the place which Yahweh chooses. Because Yahweh your God will bless you in all you increase and in all the work of your hands and you shall be altogether joyful. Three times in a year all of your males shall appear before Yahweh your God in the place which he chooses in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, in the Feast of Weeks and in the Feast of Booths. They shall not appear before Yahweh empty. Every man shall give as he is able according to Yahweh your God's blessing which he has given you. You shall make judges and officers in all your gates, which Yahweh your God gives you, according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not pervert justice, you shall not show partiality, you shall not take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. You shall follow that which is altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which Yahweh your God gives you. You shall not plant for yourselves an Asherah of any kind of tree besides Yahweh your God's altar, which you shall make for yourselves. Neither shall you set up for yourselves a sacred stone, which Yahweh your God hates. In this chapter, 
We're still in the great speech of Moses. And of course, you've got to remember the entire book of Deuteronomy, pretty much, except for a little bit at the end, is one big speech. Can you imagine standing out there in the desert, listening to this speech, probably an entire day? That's a big effort. <laughs> big effort for Moses too. Anyway, we're in the middle of it right now. And in this part of the speech, he says that three times a year you shall travel to the place, which of course was later Jerusalem, the temple, and celebrate. So the three feasts are the Feast of Passover, well, Passover and Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, which we call Pentecost, and the Feast of Booths, which we call Tabernacles. These are the three pilgrimage feasts. Now we've talked elsewhere in our Bible series about the feasts, but these are the three feasts which you were, they were, all the males anyway, were required to go to Jerusalem for, to celebrate and to keep. Of course, Jerusalem isn't a place yet, or at least it's a place, but it's not called Jerusalem yet, and there's no temple there yet at the time of this speech. But that's what is going to be required of them. Now, it's interesting that each of these three feasts is seven days long. It's the number of God, and there are three of them, the number of the Trinity. So there's numerology going on here with these numbers. And, um, Jesus himself kept these feasts. Now, he traveled to Jerusalem. It's really funny because he knew the feasts were all about him. And, um, but Jesus travels to Jerusalem um, for all of these feasts. Like we see in, um, in the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus is just a 12-year-old boy, his parents take him to Jerusalem as part of one of the feasts. And like they're traveling with a great amount of people. I mean, on the way back, his parents have traveled a whole day and haven't seen him. They're just assuming he's with some other family. Well, see, that just goes to show how many people are traveling to Jerusalem for the feast. In John's gospel, you know, people are arriving early for the Passover, and it's a whole week out, and that's when we've got Palm Sunday. It, it says, you know, in John's gospel, a great many people had arrived for the festival. You know, this is the festival of, of unleavened bread. So these are the things that are going on all the time. In fact, it's in... If you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels because they're very similar. You know, syn synonym, synoptic. Or syn synoptic just means similar view. Optic like being eyes. Similar view. Those three Gospels have a similar view. And all three of them, there's only one Passover that's recounted, and that's the Last Supper where Jesus is there. But it's in John's Gospel that he rec recounts many feasts. In fact, in John's Gospel, there are three Passovers. And that's where we get the idea that Jesus' ministry lasted for three years. We get it from John's Gospel, which is John's Gospel seems to be the one which is chronological. And it may not be perfectly chronological, but it seems to be in order. Whereas the other Gospels seem to be more just a bunch of stories. Maybe they're not all in order, but the last part, the Passion Week, is, the, is in order. So we've got the fact that Jesus himself traveled for these festivals himself. Now, for me, the interesting part here is not the feast because we've been over these feasts in other Bible chapters. But in verse 14, he actually, God actually tells them. Now, Moses tells them, but it's the, the Lord's voice. He tells them to rejoice. Go to these festivals and rejoice. So they're actually commanded to celebrate. <laughs> now, that's, that's great. We, I mean, we're told in the New Testament to you know, rejoice. And then and Paul says, and again I say rejoice. It's an imperative. You know, we're being told to do it. And there's other places in the New Testament that says, you know, 
that no matter what your circumstances, to give thanks to God. So we're told these things in the New Testament, but here in the Old Testament, they're told to keep these three feasts, to travel to, to Jerusalem and to celebrate them. They're supposed to celebrate what God has done. Now you know, and I know, that you can't fake enthusiasm. And I've seen it, uh, I've, I've tried to, you know, over the years, whip up support for prayer meetings. <laughs> And one of the things I learned really, really early is never ever say to people that don't participate in prayer meetings, come to the prayer meeting, it's great, you're going to love it. <laughs> because a lot of the time, you know, they, let's say they believe you when you say it, they come to the prayer meeting and they sit there and they pray and it's, it's in their experience, it's not that great, it's boring and it wasn't at all like what you said. And so, you know, people, they tend to not just naturally be enthusiastic for the things of God. You can't fake enthusiasm. And en theos, by the way, where enthusiasm comes from, from means in God. Genuine enthusiasm comes from being in God. But you can't just fake enthusiasm. So for these people who travel to Jerusalem for these festivals, I am sure that, you know, even though they were, they were told they had to celebrate, they personally didn't go through the crossing of the Red Sea and the time in the desert. They personally didn't see the deliverance from Egypt. So they, you know, the Israelites who were delivered, they would have been celebrating at the time, but these children and grandchildren and many generations later who didn't experience those things didn't have the same level of appreciation for them. But one thing I've discovered is that when we do put the Lord first, let's say we make it a matter of priority. I'm going to the prayer meeting we grow in our appreciation of God so that we come to celebrate the things that God has done um, because our perspective changes. So I think for people who put Christ first, their perspective changes to the point where they celebrate Christ. Now we're not supposed to keep these feasts literally. We're not supposed to literally travel to Jerusalem and stay there for a week at a time, three times a year. We're not even supposed to keep these seven-day festivals where we are. Every now and then you meet Christians who do this and they think they're required to do it. Well, they're not. The clue is right there in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. It says that, that um, just go and read. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. But in a nutshell, it says that Christ is the feasts. That when we, keep, when we adhere to Christ, we are keeping the feasts. So we actually already do keep these feasts. But this command in verse 14 to celebrate, we're being told to celebrate in Christ. We're, told to re we're basically being told to rejoice in what Christ has done for us. So whenever you read about the feast of Passover, the Passover lamb, unleavened bread, it's Christ. Rejoice in Christ. Whenever you read about the feast of weeks, Pentecost, the giving of the law, the giving of the Holy Spirit, it's all what God has done. It's Christ. Rejoice. Whenever you read about the Feast of Booths, Tabernacles, you know that the children of Israel were in the desert, the Lord was with them. You just remember that the Lord has come to dwell with us. The Lord dwells in your heart. The Lord dwells among us as a people. It's Christ. Rejoice. So this command to rejoice, it's a command to celebrate Christ. And if you don't have enthusiasm for that, it's because you don't know Jesus well enough yet. And what you need to do is make a choice to celebrate the feasts and your love and appreciation for Christ will grow as a result of that. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you for Passover, 
Pentecost and Tabernacles. All three of these things are Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we keep the feast because we're in Christ. And I pray that our enthusiasm for the Lord, our love for Christ, our appreciation for what you've done would grow and increase. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds in Jesus' name. Amen.